Welcome to another round of Boardroom or Miro Board. Today we talk retrospectives with Agile coach Maria. Let's go. First question. You've spent two hours in a team retro, but the only input you've heard is Dave's. Boardroom or Miro Board? Boardroom. In Miro, Dave can't hog the space because everyone can add thoughts anonymously, online at the same time. Correct. Next. You need the team to act on feedback fast, so you turn all those retro notes into JIRA tasks instantly. Miro all the way. And I can assign those tasks to teammates. You're nailing this. Now, you see hundreds of sticky notes from the retro. A real mess. But you organize them into five themes in just seconds. Miro, I basically get back an entire hour when I use its AI tools for clustering. And she's done it. Join over 60 million people running actually enjoyable and actionable retros in Miro. Get your first three boards free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the NFL Week 2 episode of the Bacon Bets podcast. I've licked my wounds from week one long enough. I'm ready to dive into week two, and I absolutely love the week two board. Uh, Before we get into my picks for NFL week two, let's kind of recap week one, though. Uh, It did not go well. If you follow me on Twitter, you know I'm going to be very upfront and very honest about how my NFL record goes throughout this, and it's not going to go well, and it did not start well. I started week one, six and ten for minus 4.5 units. Uh, that includes all the correct juice for all the bets uh, there that I won in week one. Just going to quickly go through some games because, I mean, to be honest, I just had some straight-up bad luck. Uh, Texans and Chiefs, I guess, had some good luck. I hit the under 40, 54 and a half by the hook. Uh, but then, and like, the early game Sunday is just, is just what absolutely killed me. Uh, and it could have been worse, too. I could have, if both my Monday night picks lost, I would have ended 5-11. and 11. Uh, so at least one of them won. But yeah, let's go through this. Lions minus three. They had the game in hand. I basically already had it chalked up uh, for a win. Thought there was no way Mitch Trubisky was going to be able to lead the Bears to the to uh, comeback, and of course he did. And then the Lions uh, dropped a, a wide-open touchdown uh, that would have won it and covered the spread for me. So that was my first bad luck one. Man, how much would it suck to be a Lions fan? I complain about being a Falcons fan and being a Leafs fan. Man, being, <laughs> there can't be much worse than being a Lions fan or a Browns fan. Just year after year after year. At least the Falcons and Leafs occasionally make the playoffs. Oh, what a pit of despair those fans got to be in. Uh, Speaking of the Browns, Browns plus eight wasn't even close. Uh, Baker Mayfield kind of stinks. Ravens defense did their job. Vikings Packers under wasn't even close. Colts Jaguars under 45. Uh, Jaguars hit 
a late field goal to put that over. I think it finished at 47, so that was a little bit of a stinger there. That was a stinger! Panthers plus three were winning late, uh, and then the Raiders went down and scored a touchdown to cover the spread uh, by point, and then the Panthers couldn't uh, couldn't go down and score on the final drive of the game. So that was another stinger! Oh, also, by the way, the Lions minus three was a stinger! Uh, Patriots minus six and a half covered, but man, uh, Dolphins had the chance at the back door there. I kind of, uh, to be fair, got lucky there. Jets plus six and a half. That was a brutal pick. Jets are an absolute dumpster fire. Eagles minus six. Eagles blew a massive lead. Um, that was, that, that was tough to watch. Seattle Seahawks minus two over the Falcons. That was, I mean, I kind of called that one to be completely fair. That was probably my best call of, of the weekend. I know my Falcons. If there's any team, I know it's my Falcons. And I knew Russell Wilson was going to tear them apart. And that's what he did. And of course, once the Falcons wrote of it, they came back and scored a few points, but it didn't matter. Seahawks covered that two point spread with ease. Uh, Bengals plus 150 on the money line. Uh, Joe Burrow looked like he was going to lead them down to a win through game winning touchdown to AJ Green, which would have been the money line bet cashed for me. And it got called back for a questionable offensive interference pass, to be honest. That, that kind of happens. What he did in that play that kind of you could call it a push off on the comebacker that happens in almost every single time a receiver runs that route it's almost unavoidable if the corner is playing him hard playing him tight um and then randy bullock fucking missed a field goal pretending like he pulled his calf and he didn't actually because he said afterwards after the game is his right calf and in a picture in the video after him kicking and missing it he was holding his left calf so that was a clown show there missing a chip shot field goal to force overtime would have got the push if i took bangle spread but of course that was one game i got aggressive so that was another stinger of a loss uh, 49ers minus seven looked like they're going to cover for a little bit and then just lost outright. That was kind of tough. Saints minus three and a half uh, beat the Yucks. That would that was easy. Tom Brady stinks. So does Drew Brees, to be fair. Cowboys Rams under 52. That hit uh, and more on that little bit about the Rams. Kind of liked what the Rams did. Giants plus six looked good early. If Daniel Jones didn't throw an interception on the goal line there. When was that third quarter? Uh, that could have been a completely different game. Probably would have covered. Maybe not. Who knows? And Broncos plus two and a half. I actually got lucky in that one. So actually, now that I read through it, maybe I got lucky just as many times as I got unlucky. So maybe six and ten is what I deserved, to be completely fair. Shout out Steven Gostowski for missing those kicks so I could at least salvage my week and finish six and ten. So the goal this week, I need to go ten and six. That's my goal. If I can get ten and six, get me back to 500 record, I'll still be, you know, down money because... uh, because of juice, actually, I have a money line pick that if that hits and I finish 10 and 6 uh, with the money line pick hitting, then I'll actually be in the profit. So let's aim for 10 and 6. That's the goal. Lofty goal, but I think I can reach it. I'm feeling good about the board uh, this week. Uh, by the way, on Tuesday's episode of the show, if you listen to that, I went 2 and 1 with my picks. One of them was void because uh, Danny Duffy missed his flight to Detroit, so that, that over got void, but I hit the. Uh, lost on the Mets, they had 11 hits and only one run, so lost on them, but I hit uh, Islanders plus 155, and then I hit the under at Coors Field between the Rockies and the Athletics. Just wanted to give a recap on that as well. So enough with the, with the recaps, that was my week one, it was a, <laughs> it was a tough Sunday, it hurt. Um, I won one of my fantasy matchups by .29 points though, my Dynasty League, my big money Dynasty League, won it by .29 points. Uh, so I got some uh, luck there, a lot, a lot of ups and downs on Sunday and Monday. Uh, but we're on to week two. I'm recording this Wednesday night. You're probably listening to this Thursday or maybe on Sunday. So let's not waste any time. Let's get into the NFL week two episode of the Bacon Bets podcast. More bacon than the pan can handle. 
More bacon than the pan can handle. More bacon than the pan can handle. More bacon than the pan can handle. All right, let's get into my NFL Week 2 picks. These episodes, I think, are going to be a little bit shorter. I'm not going to waste too much time. just going to get, go through the 16 games, give my, give my 16 picks, and that'll be the show. Um, week 2, just generally, I mean, NFL, betting on the second week of the NFL is always just trying to figure out, all right, which results in Week 1 are true indications of how teams uh, are going to perform for the rest of the season, and which ones were kind of anomaly games, outlier games, games that you certainly don't want to overreact to, so... Uh, it's trying to find, you know, like I said, which ones to to think about when you're betting on the Week 2 games, which ones do you just kind of want to not overreact to. So uh, let's see let's see how I feel about these ones in Week 2. I'm going to start with Thursday night game, of course, Bengals-Browns, to be honest, out of all 16 games. This might be the toughest one to call, in my opinion. Uh, if you watched the Wednesday episode of Guys and Bets, you already know my pick because it, I gave it out on there. I'm going with the over 43.5. The juice is minus 105. By the way, side note, because uh, I got to address this, I said I thought it was going to be a lot of unders we're going to hit in week one. I couldn't have been more wrong. Although I think the three primetime games all went under, so I think they finished uh, nine and seven, but it was like nine and four or something before the uh, Sunday nighter. Um, offenses looked very good. I thought they were going to look uh, bad and sloppy with no preseason. I was wrong. If anything was sloppy, it was the tackling, which I should have. I uh, should have been able to see in hindsight that that kind of seems like that would have been the obvious thing that would have been bad, especially with, you know, lack of contact in training camps nowadays. So that's on me, but eh, that's fine. Whatever. I still hit a couple or I at least hit one under the Rams Cowboys under a hit. Okay. Bengals Browns over 43 and a half minus 105. Uh, so I think the number is at 43 and a half because people are just overreacting to the fact that the Bengals and Browns only scored a combined 19 points uh, in week one. But then again, don't forget, Browns played against one of the best defenses in the league. Bengals barely missed out on a few scores. Um, uh, who was it? John Ross uh, dropped one in the end zone. J- Joe Burrow missed A.J. Green wide open in the end zone once. Then that touchdown at the end of the game, A.J. Green that got called back. So Bengals could have scored a lot more points. And I think the Browns should be able to score on the ground quite frequently, fre- frequently against the Bengals. Uh, Chubb only ran 10 times, still got 60 yards against the Ravens, so 6 yards a carry. Bengals had the worst run defense in the in the NFL last season, and then they gave up 155 yards on the ground to the Chargers. So I think this one's actually going to be, I think it's going to hit the over, 43.5. That's, I think that number is a little bit too low compared to what it should be, uh, and the minus 105, some good juice there as well. Also, I just think uh, Joe Burrow is going to show up on Thursday night. I know short week for a rookie quarterback in his second ever start, uh, but Joe Burrow's best starts last year in college were in his biggest game. So uh, I think Joe Burrow is going to – he kind of has that first game, those first game jitters out of the way. I think he's going to ball out here Thursday night. Uh, so Bengals-Browns over 43.5 minus 105. Then let's move on to my Falcons. Falcons against Cowboys on Sunday. First of all, before I get into my pick for the Falcons game this week, I got Raheem Morris, their defensive coordinator. I saw a quote on Twitter about how uh, it's the loss is on him because they didn't game plan to stop Russell Wilson. They game plan to stop Chris Carson, and they said, "Well, if the Seahawks are going to beat us, it's going to have to be through R- Russell Wilson." What are you doing? What kind of a defensive game plan is that? Yeah, let's, you know what, that MVP caliber quarterback who's been destroying us every time we play him and has a Super Bowl win that we're playing against, let's not game plan against him. Let's just force him to beat us. Let's game plan against Chris Carson. 
like maybe like the 10th best running back, if that, that's probably generous, like a, a barely a top 15 running back in the NFL. Let's make sure we game plan against him. Forget Russell Wilson. What are you talking about? Raheem Morris needs to be fired into the sun. One week over, and you know what? I was like, okay, Seahawks lost, whatever. We can bounce back from that. When I read that quote from their defensive coordinator, I'm done with the Falcons. They're Oh, they're done this season. They suck. They're going to suck. Who are they going to game plan against this week in the Cowboys? Tony Pollard? Yeah, this loss is on me, you know. Uh, we had made our game plan against Tony Pollard to make sure that we stopped their backup running back. We kind of said, you know what, if the Cowboys are going to beat us, they're going to have to do it through Ezekiel Elliott and Dak Prescott. That's on me, guys. Sorry. Fuck you, Raheem Morris. Fire him into the sun. Anyways, my pick for this game, I'm going over 52.5. Minus 110. I think the spread's just about right, to be completely honest. Cowboys are probably going to cover... Because uh, I mean, this is another this is another similar team to the Seahawks. To be honest, you got a mobile quarterback with a good arm. You got some talent at receiver. Now add in Zeke, who's even better than Chris Carson. Um, I don't see the Falcons' defense stopping them. Their secondary is terrible. What Russell Wilson only had what like four incompletions, like thirty-one for thirty-five or something against the Falcons. Their secondary is just too young. I'm not going to say they stink because that's not really fair because they're all so young that you kind of got to give them a few years. But they're not good. They're going to get they're going to get torched through the air of the season. So. I think the Cowboys are going to score a lot of points. I think the, we're getting a little bit of a good number on the total because the Cowboys only scored 17 against the Rams on Sunday night. Uh, and then the Falcons will probably do their classic wait until the game's out of hand and then just throw up 21 meaningless points. So uh, Falcons also had the most or second most yards in the NFL in week one, 506 yards. I mean, I think it's just going to be two, two offenses just going at it, to, to, uh, to be completely honest. Like I said, Cowboys probably cover. If you want to pick on the side, go Cowboys. Um yeah, I love the over, though. This is probably a top five pick for me this week. I'm going to uh, point out which one's my favorite bet when I get to it, but this one's probably top five. I love this pick. It's probably going to be, uh, I can almost say for certainly, it's going to be a Capper Cup pick. Uh, not going to be a bet online mega contest pick because those are spreads only. So uh, this is going to be a Capper Cup pick for me for sure. So Falcons, Cowboys over 52.5 minus 110. I have that locked in. Then we're going to the AFC East. Dolphins plus six versus Bills minus 115. So I'm taking the Dolphins plus six. Uh, too many points for a divisional rival game, I, th- uh, I think. Now, I know I said this exact same thing last week with the Jets, and it didn't work out. Jets are dumpster fire. We'll get to them in a second. Uh, but the Dolphins are much better than the Jets, and they're at home, and we're getting basically the same spread. So I think I got to take the Dolphins here. Also, Dolphins didn't necessarily look that bad against the Patriots. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick's three interceptions is what just absolutely killed them. But if he doesn't throw probably two of them, then it's a much closer game. They still could have got the backdoor cover against the Patriots there at the end. Held the Patriots to only 357 yards, which was 20th in the NFL in Week One. I think they keep it. I think I think they keep it within six points. Um, I'm still not completely sold on, on on the Bills to be completely honest. Although Josh Allen was slinging it uh, on the weekend. Uh, the under could be worth a look Two teams that, uh, whose defenses are much better than their offenses. So the under 41 could be worth a look. Um, but I'm going to take the dolphins plus six. I'm going to hope Fitz magic shows his face instead of the Fitz tragic we saw last week. Uh, and if he does nothing Tua might be right around the corner here soon. Moving on to the NFC South Panthers. I'm going to take them plus nine versus the bucks. Uh, I'm going to keep fading the Bucks until their spreads get adjusted. The Bucks looked exactly how I thought they would, to be completely honest, the way I've been calling the Bucks all offseason. Um, also, remember a few a few podcast episodes ago uh, when I gave out the over on Tom Brady's interception total this season? It was like a plus money. I think it was, what, 12.5, and, and the over was plus 115, I think. 
two. There's two already. Two in week one, one of them being a pick six. So I'm feeling fantastic about that over on the Tom Brady interception prop. Um, Bucks offense didn't look, uh, didn't live up to the hype. Gronkowski looked like he's 110 years old out there. Also, Panthers, I mean, Panthers look decent. Panthers looked how I kind of expected them to look. They missed the cover by point, uh, but they kind of looked how I thought they would look. They looked fine. They didn't look good. They didn't look bad. They looked fine. Uh, Their offense uh, looked decent. Bridgewater threw for 270 yards, one touchdown, no interception. Robbie Anderson had a big game for them, 115 yards and six catches. Christian McCaffrey was Christian McCaffrey. They had the eighth most offensive yards in week one. The Bucs had the 23rd most offensive yards in week one. So I think nine is way too many points, especially for a divisional game. I honestly don't understand the line on this one. I thought it was going to be like six, a little less than a touchdown. But plus nine Panthers, I'll take that all day. That's minus 110. Uh, let's move on. We're going to the Steelers versus the Broncos. This is probably the other tough, tough game. Thursday night game and this game are probably the two toughest ones for me to pick. Uh, I am going to go with the Steelers minus seven and a half, though. Uh, the Steelers defense is just going to be a problem this season. I mean, they completely shut down Saquon Barkley. It's six yards on 15 carries. That's bad. That was that, that's like a that's like a stat line I had when uh, growing up playing minor football. We play the inner city teams. That was basically me fucking six yards on fifteen carries. Uh, they, the Steelers defense did give up some yards through the air against Daniel Jones, but then they came up with two key interceptions, which which was obviously huge for them. Uh, this is a massive test for Drew Locke. I don't know how a young quarterback like Drew Locke is going to be able to handle the Broncos on the road. Um, I'm going to guess not very well. Uh, Broncos only had 323 yards of offense at home to the Titans. I don't imagine that's going to get better on the road against a better defense. Broncos defense wasn't great either. Vaughn Miller going down in the pre or right before the season started. It's going to hurt them. They gave up 377 yards to the Titans. Uh, Titans really should have won that game in a blowout. Obviously, that kind of goes without saying. I mean, what, four missed kicks? Uh, I think they missed an extra point too. I mean, Gostowski just killed the Titans in that game. Uh, I wish I could have got this number at just under seven, but I'll take the seven and a half. So I think it's going to be a double-digit double win by the Steelers. Steelers minus seven and a half, minus 110 versus the Broncos. Then we're going to the NFC North. Uh, this is another play that's probably in my top five plays. It's going to be a Capper Cup play for me as well. It's another over. It's the Lions-Packers over 49.5 minus 110. Two great offenses, two bad defenses, and we're getting the total below 50. I love it. Packers had the most offensive yards in week one, 522. Lions, despite losing to the Bears, had the fourth most offensive yards in week one at 426. Packers defense gave up the 10th most yards in 382, and the Lions defense gave up 363 yards and three fourth quarter touchdowns to Mitch Trubisky and the Bears. So if they give up that to the Bears, imagine what Aaron Rodgers is going to do. I mean, Aaron Rodgers clearly played pissed off, just slung the rock all over the field. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Alan Lazard both looked pretty good too. Um, that might be why the Packers didn't draft a wide receiver in the first round. Maybe they had faith that these two young guys were going to take a big step forward this season. And so far, so good on that. And then obviously Devontae Adams was Devontae Adams, just obviously top three receiver in the league. Just looked amazing. Aaron Jones looked pretty well, uh, pretty good as well. Uh, it honestly looked like the Packers team from a few years ago. It did not look like last year's Packers team. So maybe that's Matt LaFleur, uh, his offense getting a little, a little bit better this, this season. I don't know. It's one week. Can they replicate it again this week? I would say yes, since they're going up against a terrible defense in the lions. Will they keep replicating it week after week? I don't know. We'll see. Um, 
And also, like I said, all uh, Lions offense, fourth most yards in the league last week against the Bears defense. That is really no joke. So fourth most yards against the Bears defense. They're going up against the worst defense this year. I think this is going to be an offensive shootout. Uh, I think the total goes over easy. 49 and a half, a surprise to see it under that 50 mark. Um, if there is such a thing as trap lines, this might be one because this just seems so obvious. Uh, but there's no such thing as trap lines. They don't exist. So it's not a trap. Uh, then moving on, we are another total bet, but this time it's going to be an under bet. I think this might be my only under bet this week. Oh, no, I have one other. Uh, so I have two under bets. This is one of them. It's Rams and Eagles under 45 and a half. Rams, Eagles under 45 and a half minus 110. I uh, hit the under in the Rams-Cowboys game there Sunday night. Uh, despite losing to a team that has no mascot, Philadelphia's defense actually gave up the fewest offensive yards in the league last week. Uh, now, is that a sign of Philly's defense being good or Washington's offense being a dumpster fire? I don't really know, uh, but I have to kind of figure at least the Philadelphia's defense is at least decent. They look solid. Um, they obviously have no receivers on offense. Their offense looked absolutely terrible. Carson Wentz just ran right in the set and into sacks. Nobody can catch a ball for them. Uh, it was a tough look for Philadelphia. Also, I like what I saw from the Rams. Uh, so it was a different style Rams of offense from what we've seen a couple of, uh, the past couple of years. It was a lot more of a controlled offense. They ran the ball. They controlled the clock. They didn't ask Jared Goff to do anything crazy. Much more of a game management style of play compared to how Sean McVay called plays in the past. Jared Goff only threw the ball 31 times. Last season, he averaged over 39 attempts a game. Uh, and I think that was just too much for Jared Goff to handle, so I like that. Now, I don't know if that was necessarily just their game plan uh, to keep the ball out of the Cowboys' hands. It worked for them against the Cowboys, um, or if that's just generally going to be their offensive style this year. Um, but I liked it. it. It worked for them. Malcolm Brown looked great. They have a kind of running back by committee. I'd like to see uh, Darrell Henderson get a few more carries. Uh, but I really I really like that style of play the Rams did. Uh, the Rams had, and I mean, that kind of bodes well for an under. If you're just going to be keeping the ball over the other offense's team's hands, uh, running the clock down, running the ball, uh, generally good for an under. 45 and a half is, I think, too many points for a Rams offense that did that, and then the Eagles offense that was just absolutely terrible. Um, yeah. I mean, there's only 37 points against the Rams and Cowboys. So Rams, Cowboys, 37 points. The Eagles offense is not better than the Cowboys, but the total is, uh, what's another eight points higher? Yeah, I love under 45 and a half, minus 110 for that one. Then we're going to the Vikings against the Colts. I'm going to take the Vikings plus three versus the Colts, minus 115. Uh, new year, new team, same old Phillip Rivers. Uh, I mean, how classic of a Phillip Rivers game was that? He was in a different uniform, but for some reason, the same kind of game happened. He went up early against a team that they should have just blown out of the water. They allowed the other team to c come back in the game. They allowed the other team to take the lead. And then Phil Rivers had to try to lead his team down for a game-winning drive, or I guess in that it would have been, I think, a game-tying drive uh, at the time, I believe. And then he throws a, a game-ending interception. I mean, that was, that was so classic Phil Rivers. Uh, it's almost creepy that the exact same game happened, even though he moved over to the Colts. So, I mean, you're going to give me points on a Vikings team against a Colts team that just lost to the Jaguars. Uh, I got to do it. Obviously, I don't think Phil Rivers has ever played in a blowout game one way or the other. It's always a close game every time it's Phillip Rivers in the game. Uh, Minnesota, although they got their defense got absolutely demolished by the Packers, their offense, don't forget. I mean, people forget their offense was actually pretty good this game. 
Uh, their offense had the fourth most points in week one with 34. I think it was tied for the fourth most points, to be fair. Their running game averaged 6.1 yards per carry. Uh, so I think this is an overreaction to the Vikings getting kind of half blown out by the Packers. I'll take the Vikings plus three versus the Colts minus 115. Then we have underdog alert, underdog alert, underdog alert. I'm going to try to make it a thing where I take uh, in a money line underdog um, in every single week of the NFL. And I got one this week and it's this game. Can you guess it? I'm going Giants plus 110 versus the Bears. Mitch Trubisky stinks. Uh, I don't care about his three fourth quarter touchdowns. He stinks. He could not hit the uh, he could not hit the ocean from a boat for most of the game. He was missing receivers all over the field. He can't throw to the left. It's terrible. He stinks. Giants, on the other hand, yes, uh, I was on the Monday night. They didn't come through for me, but they gave the Steelers a very good Steelers team a run for uh, a run for their money. Uh, if Daniel Jones doesn't throw those two key interceptions, it's a completely different game. I like what I saw from Daniel Jones for a majority of the game. Five points is an absolute gift, in my opinion. If we want to be conservative, go ahead and take the five points. Um, I'm probably going to regret not taking the spread, just like I'm, I did with the Bengals last weekend. But I'm going to try to make it a habit to have one underdog on the money line each week. And this week, it's going to be the Giants plus 210. And if I can win that, that'll actually help me gain a little bit of ground here on my record. So Giants plus 210 versus the Bears. I just do not have any faith in the Bears offense whatsoever. And their defense didn't look like the Bears defense of old either. They kind of got torched by the lines, to be completely honest. So uh, Giants money line. Then we're going to move on to the 49ers. I'm taking 49ers minus 7 versus the Jets minus 110. I mean, this is going to be the quickest pick of the whole week. Jets stink. Jets will be the worst team in the NFL this year. Lock that in. They'll have the worst record. Adam Gase sucks. He's a cokehead. Dumpster fire of a squad. Sam Darnold throws interceptions like it's his day job, which maybe they are paying him to throw interceptions. I don't know. 49ers are going to run all over, all over this team. This should be a double-digit spread. It's not because the 49ers lost to the Cardinals. 49ers minus 7 versus the Jets minus 110. Easy, 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 easy. Lock it in. Titans minus 9 versus the Jaguars minus 105. Kind of similar situation. Uh, this spread probably should be double di- digits. I think it's not because the Jaguars beat the Colts. And But don't let that win fool you. The Jaguars still suck. Yes, they won, but they still had the second fewest offensive yards with only 241 yards in week one. Third most yards given up on defense. It's a miracle they somehow won that game. Uh, I just hope the Titans can score touchdowns on the drives instead of trying to settle for field goal attempts because that might screw us, especially on a spread like nine. Uh, but the Titans are still the same Titans from last year. That I mean, if all signs for Monday night indicates that, I think it does. Uh, solid defense, good run game. Tannehill can do what he has to do. He's not going to, you know, win a game on his back, but he's, he's going to manage the game and do what he has to do. Just an overall solid team, well coached. They don't make a ton of mistakes outside missed field goals. Tennessee runs away with this one, literally, minus 9, minus 105 against the Jags. Then we're going against the football team from Washington against <laughs> against Arizona Cardinals. This is my other under bet. I'm going under 47.5, minus 110. Uh, this is another tough one. This is probably the third toughest game to bet on, in my opinion, because I think the spread's right at 7, right? Uh, I didn't like either side of it. Going to settle on the under. Uh, my Kyler Murray hot take from the offseason didn't look great in week one. Uh, that hot take didn't come through. My one about Drew Brees, my one about Tom Brady kind of looked good. But Kyler, but then again, I'm still sticking to it because once again, Kyler Murray has an okay game. He actually probably had a good game. And people are 
talking him up like like he's the next Patrick Mahomes. I even saw a clip, uh, I think it's from First Take or something, of a guy saying that if he could choose one player to build his team around right now, he'd take Kyler Murray over Patrick Mahomes. What are you guys thinking? Kyler Murray, what? He was 26 out of 40 for 230 yards, one touchdown, and one interception. Yeah, he had a good game. But that's what it was, a good game. He didn't do anything mind-blowing. I don't know why the media... I don't want to get vulgar here. If you have any kids listening, cover your ears. If any of my family members are listening, cover your ears. But why does the media suck Kyler Murray's dick? Sorry, I don't mean to be so vulgar, but I don't get it. He's fine. He's still making the same mistakes that I saw last year. He's too eager looking for a running lane. He uses legs to run with the ball instead of trying to buy time in the pocket. I guess it seems to be working for him, so what do I know? But I'm still not buying into the Kyler Murray hype. I'm just not. Under 47.5, minus 110. Washington still sucks despite their win there. Similar to the Jaguars. Miracle they won that game. Fewest offensive yards gained in week one. Washington had only 239 yards of total offense. Defense was solid, though, to be fair. Defense held Philly to 265 yards of total offense, so I think this total is about five points too high at 47.5. For the total to have a chance of hitting, I think Washington probably has to score 15, 16, close to 20 points. I don't see that happening. I don't see them getting more than 14 points. Going to go with the under 47.5 in this one. Next, Texans, Ravens. Probably my least confident play of the week. I went back and forth on this one. Ah, yeah, this is another tough one, actually. But I am going to take the underdog Texans. I'm going to take them plus 7, minus 105. Texans plus 7, minus 105. Uh, Extra time off for the Texans. That's one thing to think about. Uh, They played last Thursday, so they had some extra time going in this one. But then again, I don't know if that's going to benefit them with a moron head coach like Bill O'Brien, but we'll see. Texans only had 17 fewer yards gained on offense than the Ravens did, though. And they went up against a much better defense in the Chiefs compared to the Browns. To be fair, the Ravens looked just as good as they did last year in Week 1, though. I think 7 points is too many at home for Deshaun Watson-led team, though. Might be a little bit of an overreaction to the Week 1 results. I think the spread should probably five uh, be at 5 since it's in Houston. Um, so I'll take the Texans and the points in that one and just cross my fingers. But it's always hard to bet against the Ravens and their offense. But we'll see. Texans plus 7, minus 105. Chiefs, Chargers. Trod Taylor stinks. Chiefs minus 9. Chief, if you can get, I've went, I should make an alternate line for this for, for my record. I'm not going to. I'm just going to stick this spread. But take Chiefs like minus 14 on an alternate, alternate line if you can. I don't understand how this spread isn't double digits. I'm flabbergasted that this is not a double digit spread. Terod Taylor sucks. They somehow beat the Bengals, but he still only went 16 for 30 for 208 yards and no touchdowns. The Chiefs offense is damn near unstoppable. You're telling me Terod Taylor and that offense is going to be able to keep pace with the Chiefs? No way in hell. Chiefs by a million, but actually Chiefs minus nine, minus 110. Shout out to Josh Daniels, my good buddy. Only Chargers fan I know. I think you're headed for some dark days, my friend. Well, maybe Justin Herbert can turn that team around. Uh, But don't like the Chargers this week. Also, if uh, anyone listening likes trends, the Chiefs, this was tweeted out by Joe Osborne, my coworker Joe Osborne today, JTFOZ on Twitter. If you follow me, if you know who I am, then you're, you're already following him. You probably saw this tweet. Chiefs are 17-3 and against the spread in their last 20 divisional road games. 
So they are very good against their divisional teams on the road. Minus nine is a gift. Um, that's probably my second best bet. My best bet is the one that's coming up, and it's in the Sunday Nighter. So anyone who always wants to know what my favorite bet of the week is, uh, like I said last week, I don't normally like saying which bet's my favorite, but I'll do it when I do these 16 picks because I don't expect people to tail all 16 picks. So this one coming up is my favorite bet of the week. It's in the Sunday Nighter, and it's the Seattle Seahawks minus four against the Patriots. I got it at minus 110. Love this pick. Just I love the Seahawks this week as much as I love the Seahawks last week against the Falcons. So let's talk about the Patriots first. They looked defense. They looked decent against a not so great Dolphins team, but a lot of the same problems from last year still came to light in Week One. They have no receivers outside of Edelman. Uh, luckily for them, Cam, Cam Newton can gain yards by himself, which is something Tom Brady obviously couldn't do last year. Tom Brady was not going to you know scramble for twenty five yards and a touchdown. Uh, Cam Newton can do that, so that does help their offensive out significantly. But still, there's a lot of times Cam Newton was dropping back in the pocket and could not find an open wide receiver. Julian Edelman is the only competent receiver on that team. Inkeel Harry stinks. Uh, so I have a lot of worries about uh, the Patriots' offense. Now, their defense did look good against the Dolphins. Once again, it was the Dolphins, but they're still missing a lot of key pieces on defense. So I think the Seahawks are going to be able to just tear this team up. It looks like finally the Seahawks coaches are allowing Russell Wilson to be Russell Wilson for the full game instead of waiting until it's late in the game for to finally let him loose. Um, and that's going to that's gonna be – I mean, I, I think I made Patrick Mahomes my official MVP pick uh, on my Futures podcast when I, talked, when I gave my awards picks out. But I think I said Russell Wilson, he was like plus 750 or plus 850. Uh, he's a good bet as well. He was the best player in week one. Uh, if they keep letting him loose, I think he is going to win MVP now. Uh, he's, he's, I mean, he's, he's unreal. Um, only four points. Seahawks are at home. I mean, I love that bet. I, I would probably make the Seahawks minus four if he's in New England. So I'll take Seahawks minus four at home. Um, yeah, like, a, yeah, I don't know. I don't have much else to say about that. Cam Newton, he did look great. He, I mean, listen. I'm I historically have not been a big Cam Newton fan because he was on the Panthers. Obviously, I can't like a Panther when I'm on the fat when I'm a Falcons fan. He's a current Patriot, but I just always love a good underdog story, a good comeback story. But he has no help on offense. I think what he scored both their touchdowns himself, right? Rushing touchdowns. Patriots were 20th in offensive yards gained against uh, a Dolphins defense, which isn't that great. Seahawks, Seahawks defense. Jamal Adams. If you didn't watch that game against the Falcons, Jamal Adams was all over the field. He's going to cause Cam Newton trouble. If those receivers can't get open, Jamal Adams is going to get a pick. I, here's my uh, here's my uh, here's my bold call for that game. Jamal Adams gets uh, two intercept, two turn. Let's say two turnover, two turnovers, an interception and like a fumble recovery or something. Jamal Adams is going to have a big game Sunday night, I think. Um, yeah, I don't have anything else to say about that game. That's my best bet of the week: Seahawks minus four versus Patriots minus one ten. Moving on to the Monday nighter. Uh, I went back and forth on this one. I kind of like the under, but I'm instead going to settle on the Raiders. I'm going to take the Raiders plus six against the Saints, against the Aints. Uh, the juice is minus 115. That's what I got of that. First of all, this is one of my hot takes that has looked good so far. Drew Brees looked bad. He's noodle arm Breeze. Noodle arm Brady, noodle arm Breeze. But Breeze is even worse, to be honest. Uh, his age is finally completely catching up to him. You, you kind of saw it last year. You really, you really saw it in week one, 18 for 30 for only 160 yards. That's, that's not Drew Brees. That's, that's not, that's not prime Drew Brees. Uh, Michael Thomas is hurt. I think, I don't think he's playing. I should have double checked that before I record, but recorded, but I didn't. 
Uh, my bad if he's playing, then I'm going to look like an idiot, but I'm pretty sure he's hurt. He's at least questionable for the, for this weekend. So we got an old Drew Brees throwing to Traquan, Traquan Smith and Emmanuel Sanders. Alvin Kamara is going to have to try to win this game by himself again. Uh, meanwhile, Raiders offense actually looked pretty good against the Panthers. To be fair, it was the Panthers, but Derek Carr went 22 for 30, 239 yards and a touchdown. Uh, pretty decent. Also, of course, is the home opener in Las Vegas, which will be fun. I could see the Saints pulling the win out late, but six too many points for the Raiders at home against an aging Saints team. will take Saints, or sorry, Raiders plus six, minus 115. By the way, I just hit pause after uh, recording that pick because uh, I wanted to make sure about Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas expected to miss several weeks with high ankle sprain. Man, Raiders plus six, That's that seems like a like an obvious pick. Um, maybe I should have made Raiders my uh, Moneyline underdog pick for the week. I didn't. I'm not going to put it on my official record. Maybe I'll sprinkle Ra- Raiders money line Monday night, depending on how I'm feeling. Uh, but there you go. Those are my 16 picks for NFL Week 2. Uh, let's recap them really quick here. Bengals-Browns over 43.5, minus 105. Falcons-Cowboys over 52.5, minus 110. Dolphins plus 6 vi- versus Bills, minus 115. Panthers plus 9 versus the Bucks, minus 110. Steelers minus 7.5 versus the Broncos, minus 110. Lions, Packers, over 49.5, minus 110. Rams, Eagles, under 45.5, minus 110. Vikings, plus 3 versus the Colts, minus 115. Giants, plus 210. Underdog money line alert. Versus the Bears. 49ers, minus 7 versus the Jets, minus 110. Titans, minus 9 versus Jaguars, minus 105. The football team from Washington versus Arizona, under 47.5, minus 110. Texans, plus 7 Versus Ravens, minus 105. Chiefs, minus 9. Versus Chargers, minus 110. Seahawks, minus 4. Versus Patriots, minus 110. And then the Raiders, plus 6. Versus the Saints, minus 115. 10 and 6. That's what we need this weekend, ladies and gentlemen. 10 and 6. Let's keep that number in our head. That's all that we need. Let's get back to 500. Let's go to week 3 with a clean slate. The road to 256 bets continues. Thank you all for listening. I love you all. This was the NFL Week 2 episode of the Bacon Bets Podcast. I'll be back next Tuesday, most likely, with another episode. Uh, what PGA Tour events next weekend? I don't know. Probably not any, any one that's any good, but I'll probably at least record a quick Tuesday episode. Um, like, don't like this because it's not on YouTube. Subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Um, if you want to donate, donate. Links in the description. Email me, baconbetspodcast at gmail.com. If you have any questions, I can answer them in the Tuesday episode of the show. Other than that, that's all I got for you. Good luck. Let's continue the road to 256 bets. Welcome to another round of Drawing Board or Miro Board. Today, we talk brainstorms with UX designer Brian. Let's go. First question. You thought you'd see everyone's idea in the team brainstorm, but you've got a grand total of one. Drawing board or Miro board? Drawing board, right? Because in Miro, the team can add ideas now or later. And with privacy mode, we can keep them anonymous until they're good to share. Correct. Next, you need the best way to explain your idea, but all you have is a few sticky notes. Drawing board or Miro board? Drawing board, because, you know, in Miro, I could record videos, add text, images, links, and digital sticky notes, of course. Present my thoughts the way I want. Right again! Now, 
You're looking for a past idea you thought was just genius. Only you could find... Oh, there it is. Drawing board or... Miro. Our finished and unfinished work lives in one place. And he's one. Join over 60 million people getting ideas noticed in Miro Brainstorms. Get your first three boards for free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.